Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Federation podcast, brother and sisters. Yes, sisters as well. Episode forty nine er. It is season three, episode four of One Tree Hizzle, and we got a pay per view tonight as well too. It's the Crown Zero Hizzle. Uh, holy shit, dude. We got a couple of big episodes here because it was a pretty decent pay-per-view and it was a really good episode of One Tree Hill. We had a, we got a pretty bomb episode coming up for you right now. Yeah. Uh, I was really, I had told you, I had said that this episode was going to be really, really great for you. You know what though? Every time you say that, it actually turns out to be pretty damn good. Well, cause I look it up in the, you know, beforehand just to double check what goes on and yeah i was like "Ooh, yeah this happens and this happens and it's kind of funny because like well we'll get to it obviously but when you tell me there's tasers and super glue involved i automatically think it's got to be the wrestling portion but it's not i didn't even like (laughs) i honestly forgot about that part yeah i was just thinking about like the one thing in particular yeah yeah that goes on which yeah. you know there's a lot of good shit in this episode and there's a lot of great shit in the pay-per-view as well too so we're gonna be covering both as we are tree hill wrestling federation podcast and what do we do here brother we, we amalgamate dude <laughs> i'm gonna cut you right off at the pass and make sure you don't use any other fucking word we amalgamate the worlds <laughs> of one tree hill and world wrestling Entertainment, and as always i am sean Harris and I am Aaron Cosker and we are Tree Hill WF at Tree Hill WF dot podcast on the Instas and the TikToks and the Facebooks and the threads and the Vines and the MySpaces and the Nexopias and maybe even MSN Messenger or AOL you're into that shit too and uh you can listen to us on all the streaming services including Spotify Apple Podcast Google Podcast and iHeartRadio Ross Jim Ross Huh Blow out your ass Jim Ross What do you think who do you think says that Stone Cold Exactly good job brother of course, once again, it is episode 49, so we're going to start it off with the tree hizzle, and it is season three, episode four, and it is an attempt to tip the scales, not a pinfall attempt to tip the scales, which is the name of this very episode. If you haven't noticed, we try to amalgamate the names of Tree Hill and wrestling. I think all into after one. two whole seasons, they get it. Forty nine episodes now. You think they might get it by now? You know Possibly. what I get the most messages about the the titles, <laughs> titles for the episode because uh, people come to me and they're like, "Wow, you really went went for it on that one." So I, I do appreciate. 
people enjoying my high thoughts and putting these. I love that you're high when you together. do it. Have to be. That's the only time I feel like I'm like super creative. You guys do season four ones too soon. Oh yeah. Well, well, don't you worry, dude. We'll do that too. We'll do it well before season three is over. But we are still at season three, episode four, and it is the quintessential Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. And a lot's going on, including Lucas. He's trying to figure out what uh, Halloween costume he wants because he's thinking he could be a a pimp, aka the Godfather. He could be a cowboy, aka Cowboy Bob Orton. He could be one of Akira Tozawa's ninjas. He could be Do Love, Honky Tonk Man, or possibly the pirate Pierre Lafitte. He wants to be a wrestler this year, basically. That was Captain Jask. Jack, Jack Sparrow. Captain Jack Sparrow. If you could spit it out. Uh, <laughs> but Pierre Lafitte was the wrestling pirate. And he sucked. But Bret Hart carried him to a good match in 1995. Oh, yeah. so I don't have to worry about seeing this loser. Uh, you'll see him, but he's uh, not a pirate. He just has lost sight in his one eye and does wear an eye patch. So you will come across him eventually. Mm. And he actually is still wrestling to this day. What? Yes, still. He is PCO and he is not human. Uh, But yeah, uh, Lucas is looking for his snazzy wrestling related Halloween costume. And he's looking for a costume because he's trying to impress Brooke. They're going to go to a Halloween party at Trick. And, you know, he needs to really, like, impress her. Why does he need to impress her? Because he wants to be exclusive. You know, that's just a relationship destined to fail, right? Because it's failed once. <laughs> it's If a relationship fails once, it's almost, not guaranteed, but it's almost guaranteed that it'll fail again. Do you think that if our relationship ever failed, we'd be able to? Depends on the the reasoning, the, the context. S- yeah, the situationality of situation. The, yeah, exactly. Depends on what happens, right? You know, if mm-hmm. it's something, there's just some things you just can't come back from. You know, mm-hmm. trust issues and what have you. But uh, no, honestly, if we feel like we ever break up, that's it, man. We break up. That's to me. You break up with somebody, that should be it. Because why would you go back with them? You broke up with them, right? Damn. Yeah. I'm kind of a one and done guy. Damn. Yeah, dude. So you pissed me off. You fucking pissed me off. <laughs> you know what happens. I kill you. Uh, wow. <laughs> you wouldn't be like, babe, let's make this work. Depends on what you did. For the kids. Depends on what you did. Well, I wouldn't cheat on you. I wouldn't cheat on you. And that's one of the worst things you could do. There's other things too, though. Like what? You could have killed somebody and went to the jail for the rest of your life. Yeah. Then I would probably let you sit in jail and think about what you did and become the ultimate prison virtuoso and destroy everyone beneath you. But then you'd be in jail for the rest of your life. So I'd probably find somebody else while you're in jail. Buddy. If you're in jail for the rest of your life, what do you expect me to do? I don't know. You're never <laughs> getting out. <laughs> I'm just going to wait around for you, like possibly make probation in like 30 years. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's not happening, dude. I got needs, brother. 
Uh, yeah, you're a fucking hoe. We've already talked about exactly. this. Exactly. Exactly. And so is Brooke. Uh, okay, so this next scene is so fucking random to me. But I know it all makes sense eventually. But we literally go from like this Halloween like try on fucking costume scene right to like Dan walking in on the mayor having sex with two women at the same time. He was literally handcuffed to the bed. Yes. And there was like cocaine, <laughs> all kinds of things. And shit was going down. Dan was recording it. He was like, like videotaping. How it. did he know that he was in this specific fucking situation and this specific hotel room? He's probably tipped off by someone. Well, he got those fucking files from the fucking cop from the episode uh, prior. Yeah, played a part into it, right? Good. Right. Yeah, makes sense. So that could be it. But obviously he wants to blackmail the mayor. Now, why does he want to blackmail the mayor? Because he wants to fucking run for mayor. So he says to the mayor, like, (laughs) this video goes away if you literally resign right now. Yeah, resign your position. And he wants to go up against him, right? But obviously the incumbent is going to be the one with the better chance of winning. But he's just going to straight up resign. So he could run unopposed. He could. Holy fuck. Mayor Dan? Now I know this whole, honestly, this entire show, the the whole context, the whole, I don't know, the overarching theme of the show is two things to me. It's about daddy issues and it's about control. That's Mm -hmm. literally what this show is about. And Dan Scott is Daddy Issues and Control 101. Mm -hmm. I've solved the riddle. (laughs) You've solved the riddle. Yeah, it it took you by quite surprise. You had no idea what was going on. And I had to be like, it was very out of the blue. Just really like think about what's being said by Dan here. But it feels like anybody who crosses Dan, like even in the least, He'll go after them. Like, oh, yeah. the mayor literally shut down Dan at last episode's fucking meeting so Karen could save Whitey's job. So he just did this little bit that prevented Whitey from losing his job. And now he's out for blood. Now he's like, fuck you. I'm going to be the mayor now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> literally make you quit your job because <laughs> you are having a threesome with these two bitches. Fuck me. That's crazy. These two hoes. Right. I mean, honestly, if I was a mayor, I'd probably do the same thing. But sans cocaine, of course. I'm not into that. But if I had that kind of power as mayor, best believe. I lock my fucking door, though. Dan just waltzes right the fuck in. You didn't even lock his fucking door when you're having a cocaine threesome. Well, it's a hotel room. Yeah. How the fuck is he going to get in? Here's the thing. Is it the key card? Key cards? You have a fucking key? Like... I know, like, old school, like, back at the motel I used to work at, half the rooms were key cards because they were newer, like, it was a newer built section, but the old section was just regular keys. Yeah. Like, wiser locks and the keys, and it was, uh... So... Yeah, you could just waltz in if someone didn't lock the door. I shudder to think what Dan would do as mayor of Tree Hill. How is he gonna (laughs) rule... How's he gonna rule these 47 people? 47 people. <laughs> Jesus fuck, dude. Yeah. It's uh, quite the surprise, though. You were like, why does he want to run for mayor? And I was like, it's, for Dan, it's all about control. 100%. And fucking people over. Which, in tune, it goes hand in hand with control. Yeah. 
Yes. So Larry had no idea about Ellie having cancer and Peyton was talking to him and was like, you know, you can, you know, talk about it. Like, I know. And he's like, no, what? And she's like, she has cancer, dad. You know what sucks, though? Like, as Peyton's kind of a, she's a very sympathetic character where she's like, I feel like she just goes through a lot of shit and there's like no happy ending for her. You know, she's just, what's that face, dude? What fucking happens to this woman? Like, dude, I'm so scared to see these roads she goes down because she's already, she's lost one mom. She's about to lose a second mom. She lost a dad. Or she's adopted. She lost another dad to a dredging boat because now they got a new guy to be her dad. Oh, my God. Uh, fucking, you know, she lost her fucking boyfriend who who he literally did not want to be with her he was like no no i gotta go find my daughter fuck you and takes off on his motorcycle that he cannot afford because he doesn't work uh and all this shit dude it, it just time after time after time things keep beating peyton down there is no silver lining for her she's that typical like just you wait victimized <laughs> character Anyone who listens that has watched One Tree Hill knows just you fucking it's wait. Not, it hasn't even hit the plateau yet. Oh, I feel so bad for her. But at, at the same point, I almost get depressed every time I see her. Because like, it's either she's her parents are dying, one of five of her parents. Five? Uh, or she's a cocaine addict, or she's this, or she's that. It's just like, she's just gets beaten down like a dead horse every fucking episode forever. There's no happiness in her life, and there never mm. will be. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, she brings up the cancer and she's talking to Larry about it and just he's like, oh, shit, I didn't even know that's why she was even in town. So, yeah, tell his surprise. Yeah, he didn't even know. He had no idea. So Dan does uh, confirm to all of us that he is running for mayor. He's blackmailing the actual mayor and getting him to resign as the incumbent and possibly run unopposed. And so now he's letting Deb know about this. Well, and here's the thing. So he's decided, yeah, he'll sign the divorce papers, but he post dates them for two months because his stipulation is he wants Deb to be by his side and make it look like they're a big happy family while he's running for mayor and then he'll give her the divorce after. You gotta keep up the appearances brother. That's what you gotta do. You gotta keep up appearances and this is exactly what they're gonna do. They're a big fucking happy family. Big titty fucking awesome uh, Deb here and uh, (laughs) insane Dan and uh, she's the golden titties of this show I suppose. Didn't and, you love yeah. how Deb was like, run for me- Miss Teen North Carolina for all I care? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which he would probably rig and win himself as probably. well. <laughs> probably. Now, I'm not getting this whole fucking, why is Lucas fucking lifting cash from the cash register from his own mom's fucking cafe? The fuck, dude? You know, if he had money troubles, that he probably could just go to his mom. Probably. But for some reason, he doesn't want someone to know something. Fair enough. I guess so. He also missed something. Brooke goes to talk to Nate. 
because they're having a party, a Halloween party at Trick. Yeah. And she's Whatever. trying to I, say. I skip over the Brooke scenes. It's okay. Bro, one day, <laughs> one day you're going to be like, go Brooke. Like, fuck yeah, Brooke. Uh, one day. Season three. I'm not there yet. You only got six more seasons to win one me over. One day. Dude, I'm so sick of her shit. She's literal suburban filth. Oh, my God. So she's trying to talk Nate into going to Trick because she's like, you got to stop punishing your wife. Like, you have to at least make an attempt in some way. Because I'm sure Brooke knows about the conversation that Haley and Nathan had. Oh, yeah. Of course, they live together. Yeah. So she's like, at least try. So Larry confronts Ellie at her motel room about the cancer. She says, you know, it's breast cancer. It can be like passed down. Hereditary. Hereditary. She's like, I don't know if this specifically is like the one that I have is hereditary, but you should get her to be checked eventually. Get a mammogram, bro. Yeah. Check your boobies. That's right. Feel for those lumpies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, once again, Brooke, she's suburban filth. Uh, Deb. <laughs> no. She's, so Brooke is making a costume, like her costume at work. She's going to be the devil. But her coworkers are like, um, the devil doesn't have feathers. Uh, yeah. And uh, anyways, she's trying to hide her costume from Lucas. Lucas is trying to get Haley to get intel on what she want like Brooke would want him to dress up as and uh oh and he finds out all right yeah yeah. (laughs) it's gonna be real fun now the overarching plot obviously you got the kids and what they're going on Haley Nathan your favorite part right now is all the Deb and Dan shit Haley Nathan stuff is fine you know they're gonna get back together it's written on the wall Brooke and Lucas could get back together at some point, but no one really cares because they're both pieces of shit. Peyton is going to be the depressive character basically forever. Uh, So we're all very downtrodden on all the kids' ongoings (laughs) right now. But what we're not downtrodden on is fucking Deb and Dan, and they're saving this fucking show for me right now. They're the ones getting all the points in my fucking book because Deb is fucking playing hardball now. Oh, you want to keep up appearances? You want me to be your wifey poo for the next couple months? Or are you going to fucking pay for it? Because she literally buys suburban filth. And fucking... She has... <laughs> she buys Chanel. A whole rack of clothes. Literally a rack. Boxes and bags. And oh my God, if I went on a shopping spree that big... She has a whole team bringing it into the house for her. Oh, yeah. Also, don't you love Deb Deb with long hair? Oh, way better than the short hair. She rocks that shit. Yeah. She looks great. I'd say she's probably the hottest one on the show so far. Besides Maria Menounos, she's definitely the hottest. But oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Deb's got that, like, milfy thing going on, you know? <laughs> the other ones, I know they're not, like, their age that they are in the show, but still, it's like, they're okay, but, like... I don't know. Give me, give me Barbara Allen Woods any day of the week. <laughs> She'd probably love to hear that. Yep. So Peyton, earlier on when uh, she was talking to Larry about Ellie having cancer, she was 
saying that she was going to dress up as an angel and she was making her own costume. She was putting the feathers on and she was going to be an angel. Brooke was going to be the devil. Well, now she's changed her tune about it. She's going to be the angel of death. Oh, yes. She is going to be the monarch to the kingdom of Johnny Depp. Huh. Monarch to the kingdom, Johnny Depp. No, no it's not Johnny one. Depp. But uh, Lucas did try to dress up as Johnny Depp earlier. He did. And now she is the monarch to the kingdom, Johnny Depp. That's not the actual lyrics, but uh, Slayer's Angel of Death. And it gives me a really good reason to use that song at the end of her episode as well. She is literally Slayer's one of their greatest songs off their greatest album for Halloween. How fucking metal is Peyton? <laughs> she's Tom Mariah. She's <sighs> Jeff Hanneman. She's Carrie King. She's Dave Lombardo. And if you're not a metalhead, you don't have any fucking idea what I'm talking about. But those who know, know. Game recognizes game, bro. So Peyton's dressed up as this angel of death. She's got angel like of the- death. Oh my god, she's got the boots that are like super like platform like ha- tall boots. Um she's got the fishnet stockings, the corset style dress with the black wings that were originally white but she changed them to black. And the streaky kind of almost white slash black hair and then the dark eyeshadow around her eyes the red eyeshadow she would fit in a slayer show at that get up (laughs) i could see it Mm -hmm. she i love how larry like i know you're not fond of new larry but i feel like new larry does a really good job of playing the more serious like dad role when like peyton's going through so much daughter's depressed 24 7 so and he like it does a really good job of like talking to her and you know what Peyton dressed up in this outfit if I wore something like this what would your mom say my mom probably would have been like what the fuck are you leaving this house (laughs) in like no um yeah so I feel like Larry is a really cool dad in that way like just letting his daughter do her shit paint her room a zillion times like yeah he's he's pretty cool with that shit but you know he talks to her and says you know if you want to get to know ellie that's okay he's okay with like her uh, expressing herself in any way she wants yeah and he also wants her to get to know her real mom whether she wants to or not and ask questions about who her real dad is mm-hmm. and be like have that interest and be like curious because that might be what helps her get through it. Yep. Uh, can we date this show to 2005 because Nathan's talking on a landline? He's talking on a landline to some mysterious person on the other end. And at the end of the call, he says, Haley can't know. Mm-hmm. Can't know what? What? Oh, my God. She can't know what? So now I'm like... What do you mean, Nathan? She can't know about... Were you hiding from your wife? She can't know about Batman? What? She can't know about Superman? What? She can't know about Spider-Man? What? She can't know about Green Lantern? What? 
can't know about any of the superheroes, especially Batman. What? You're fucked. So Haley got some help with her costume from Brooke. And she's Olivia Newton Haley. Yes. Brooke dressed her up as Sandra D. From Greece. From Greece. Which the ultimate get your man outfit. The ultimate costume. get your man movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. So I, I would have expected that Nathan a little less tone deaf and maybe come as John Travolta. Yeah, well, he wanted to go incognito. I guess. So, you know. Deb has a new personal trainer. Hans. Hans. He and likes to use his Hans. Here's the thing. So all you hear, all Dan hears is what sounds like sex noises coming from his room in the house, like the one that he's staying in yeah. while they've got this arrangement that he's running for mayor. And Deb has like thrown all his shit on the lawn, I guess. And everything got ruined, so she had to throw it out, and she turned his room into her new workout room. Yeah. And Hans is stretching her out. Thinking stretch her. Uh, whipping her into shape would whipping be... Whipping uh, her into shape. <laughs> a little more apropos. Uh, yes. And she's enjoying the fuck out oh, of it. Oh, and he's even, like, giggling with yeah, her and, yeah. like, <laughs> oh, my like goodness. Like I said, she's playing fucking... Hard ball. Oh my god! <laughs> you know what's funny? Uh, when I listen back to some of our podcasts, like just you know, just kind of hear how it went. You say "Oh my god" to what I shit I say. Like we need a counter for it because you. I think you say <laughs> it after every joke I make. Oh my god! Oh my god! Well, Deb was saying "Oh my god" too. So I wonder how many times we could actually listen back to this and hear how many times Aaron says, oh, my God, to something I say. You want him to take bets? <laughs> yeah, what's the <laughs> over? The, and, listeners. the over under is at, set at 15. See, now she's trying to stop herself from saying, oh, my Fuck God. Off. Go away. <laughs> <sighs> so Nathan goes to this dressed as Batman. I. So he could be, you know, a little mysterious, a little bit hidden. And uh, Lucas. Oh, dude, this is nah, This is my fucking uh, spectrum here, bro. Your spectrum? This is my spectrum. And although they suck, at uh, one time they were cool when everybody was coked out and had long hair in the 80s. But no, he goes as a Motley Crue member. No, not uh, Vince I've Neil. seen Motley Crue. So have I. They're terrible. Life. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think he just feel pretty good job of me, my honk. Wow. Game stop my honk. That's literally the entire show. Uh, no, he's not Vince Neil. No, he's not Mick Mars because he's, he's not on crutches and crippled as fuck. He's not uh, Nikki Six because he hasn't uh, OD'd on heroin yet. And he is, drumroll please, fucking Tommy Lee. Mm-hmm. And a pretty accurate Tommy Lee, may I say. He got the tattoos down pretty good. Yeah. And uh, he got the hair pretty good, too. And I must say, it was a pretty fucking uh, accurate Tommy Lee. And this is the intel that Haley had gotten from Brooke. 
So uh, she had passed that on and was like, yeah, this is what Brooke wants you to dress Does up as. Does he also have the STDs? Because that would be really accurate. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and then the sex tape with Pamela Anderson. What she oh. runs into a Pamela Anderson a trick at the Halloween party. Well, here's the thing. First, he goes to talk to Brooke and be like, yeah, so I dressed up as, you know, like what you wanted me to dress up as. And she's like laughing and she's like, no, he's so gross. Tommy Lee is disgusting. I would have preferred Johnny Depp. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking monarch to the kingdom, Johnny Depp. So um, Pamela Anderson comes up and is like, I heard we're back together. And uh, do you think this Pamela Anderson, you know, girl dressed up as Pamela Anderson is going to be around much? I don't know. She could be around for an episode or two, maybe a little interested in uh, Lucas to make Brooke jealous. But I don't think she's going to be like... Because you could tell Brooke was a little bit jealous. she was not happy, Uh, which doesn't make any sense because she's been off with other guys constantly in front of Lucas and she expects (laughs) it to be okay when in fact he does the same thing and it's not okay, right? Yeah, I think part of it is because this person is an absolute stranger and is dressed up in That's, a costume and she's like... The the guys that she was hanging out with at the beach were all strangers too. No, she knew them all. Strangers to Lucas? He doesn't know who the fuck they are. He might. They're lifeguards. Dude. Slash swim team boys. Dude, come on. Quit trying to defend Brooke. <laughs> she's a fucking bitch. Oh my god. She's a hypocrite now, too. Brooke's amazing. She's a fucking hypocritical fuck. Brooke's amazing. Fuck her. She's like Bret Hart. She's a hypocrite. <laughs> so, now, because Dan has nowhere to sleep, and she, he was told by Deb, figure out somewhere else to sleep, because his room is occupied by gym equipment. <laughs> the so, amalgamation of this episode, dude. Why? Dude. Can I, do you need me to tell the story first? Go, please. So (laughs) Dan crawls into Deb's bed and is like, oh, I'm going to sleep here because you told me to find somewhere to sleep. So Deb goes and she's like, fuck, fine, whatever. Whatever. Crawls into bed, opens her bedside table (laughs) after turning out the light. You think she's reaching for a vibrator or something? Uh, That's exactly what I thought she was doing. And then she even puts... She like, grabs something in the fucking bedside table, puts it underneath the blanket, puts it down close to her crotch. I'm like, oh, she's totally just going to dill herself, right? And right in front of Dan. And he can't do shit about it. No, she's not dilling herself at all. She's about 50,000 volts diddling Dan in the ass <laughs> <laughs> with a fucking taser. And the reason why there's the amalgamation is because Bill Goldberg, he went on a hundred and whatever fucking 80 match winning streak in WCW. Uh, in 1998, ended up being world champion, beating Hulk Hogan for the world title. Hogan was champ forever. No one could beat him, blah, blah, blah. Goldberg comes in, goes on this crazy winning streak, beats Hogan for the title, and then when he finally ended the winning streak, when he finally lost to Starcade 98, he lost to Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash was the first guy to ever beat Goldberg, and he did it with Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, hitting Goldberg with a taser. Holy shit. Yes. Yeah, that was the funniest moment, probably. That was the best moment of the episode. <laughs> it was really fucking good. So, Karen approaches Haley and is like asking if everything's okay. 
And she makes a point of saying, you know, there's been money missing from the till. It does always find its way back. But I can't help but notice a pattern. And you have no parents right now. And you're not with Nathan. And there's just, you know. So she takes the fall for it. Haley totally takes the fall for this missing money, which you saw was Lucas. She's trying to cover for her best friend. Yeah. And honestly, if I were like in that situation, I'd probably do the same thing. That's what she's doing. Because yeah, I don't want to like ruffle feathers in that way. Yeah. But yeah. <sighs> Batman saves Olivia Newton John. Yeah, Haley is going to walk away with this tray of drinks. And she trips. And the knight in not-so-shining armor, Batman, saves her and uh, picks her up. Picks her up, puts her on a... her away. ...stool and starts... Takes off his mask and everything, too. And she's talking about the costume thing and how it's silly and can't fix them and whatever. Wishful thinking that she might get him back. And she gets upset and storms off. Yep. Peyton and Mouth have a nice little dance scene. Dude, the amalgamation, bro. They sing, or they dance to a song that has the lyrics Disco Inferno uh-huh. in it. There is a wrestler in WC. What is it with the amalgamation with WCW in this episode? But <laughs> there is a fucking wrestler in WCW at, at this exact time. At this exact time. In 97, 98, oh. named Disco Inferno. I thought you meant during, like. No, no, no. The One Tree Hill No, no, no. In wrestling, Disco Inferno. Mm. Literally this fucking song. The amalgamation is off the fucking charts in this episode. Specifically with World Championship Wrestling for some reason. Weird. Yes. So they have this fun little dance scene right before the band is going to start playing. And uh, Karen gets on stage after this song is over. And she says, are you ready for fall down, boy? (laughs) Fall down, boy. (laughs) And Peyton's like, no, no, it's fall out, boy. And she's like, oh. Can I get a woot woot? But like Karen's so funny. Because remember when like Trick first opened and they were having their little night or whatever. Three drinks for everyone. And she says. Tricks of of juice. juice. Tricks of juice. (laughs) So funny. And now she's woot wooting for fall down boy. (laughs) But yes, we have actual fucking fall out effing boy. Okay. We get Patrick Stump. We get the man himself. Pete Wentz. Pete fucking Wentz in the flesh. Andy. And nice fucking uh, uh, Gibson SG that uh, Stump's playing here. Yeah. Yeah, pretty awesome. But they play fucking one of their biggest hits of all time. It's Dance Dance. Mm-hmm. You know that intro, that drum intro, that... Yeah. And then the bass... Yeah, everybody knows that shit. Here's the thing for all the listeners out there. I have a top five for five favorite bands. Yes. And Fall Out Boy. Fall Down Boy is right on there. Is right in there. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, they are. Uh, let me try I, to okay. guess your top five. Hang on. Cool. I liked Fall Out Boy. 
before they were on One Tree Hill. Because remember, yeah. remember everyone, I did not watch One Tree Hill at all mm. until I was in my 20s. Sure. I started listening to Fall Out Boy like... In your teens. Yes, when I was like, I couldn't even drive. I didn't like even have 14, my license or anything. Old and they're putting out like from under the cork tree and shit. From under the cork tree is my favorite yeah. Fall Out Boy album. Uh, the used in no particular order. The used, mm-hmm. Blink One Eighty Two, mm-hmm. Fall Out Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that, that starts to get a little tough now. I'll go those those that, three. Shouldn't for be that sure. tough for the fourth one. Those three for sure. Um, I don't know, dude. That Alexis on fire. There you go. And ooh, five's tough because it could be Taking Back Sunday. Could be Nambla Mascaris. Could be. It depends on the genre. Yeah. If you're asking me my top five bands, but only like pop punk emo. Yeah. For sure, Taking, Taking Back, Back Sunday. Sunday. But would you put Neil on that top five? If it was any if it genre? was like any genre, didn't really matter. Yeah, I'd probably put Neo You've on there, especially three, live. You've seen them three fucking times. I love them live. Yeah, CD, amazing. like their albums. It's great, but recorded, it, do it, it just does not do it ju- yeah, justice. Totally. If you are a Neo Blaviscaris fan, just listening to their music, like, you know, from and, an album, Angelic, go see them live. The perfect. It's so different perf- and it's so much better. Yes. The perfect way to explain them Angelic Chaos. <laughs> But if you were also to ask me this and say that one of the bands has to be like a pop band, a pop or band? pop group, yes, Backstreet, Backstreet Boys. Boys. <laughs> yeah, would you put Neil over Backstreet Boys in an any genre top five? I always get stuck. It's tough. It's so tough because I think I love all three, like Neo, Taking Back Sunday, and Backstreet Boys, fairly equally. Mm-hmm. So, like my top four are set. It's that fifth spot that really, depending on the mood, it can sway either way. Fair enough. Fair enough. See that? Yeah. Now, the real question is, what is my top five bands of all time? Superlatives, brother. Oh, fuck. (laughs) I know Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden's there, yeah. Metallica. Metallica's there, yeah. Slayer? No, Slayer doesn't quite make the top five. Oh. Good good guess, though. Pantera? Oh, Pantera's close. Uh, uh, uh. I'll get back to you on that one, bro. I don't know. That's the thing. You listen to so much different it's music it's that true. it's like half the time I'm just like, wait, what? Uh, Iron Maiden for sure. Yeah. Uh, Metallica, obviously. Uh, Black Sabbath. For sure. Okay. Uh, Judas Priest. Okay. Those are probably top four right there. And then again, I have a revolving door for five because there's so many bands that's, out there. Yeah, that's the thing. So five is just like kind of up in the air. It could Neo be Pantera, it could be Neo, could be <laughs> Slayer, could be Limp Biscuit, could mm. be, you know, there's so many fun. Cattle Decapitation, Cannibal Corpse. Like, there's just so many fucking bands out there that could lay claim to that fifth spot. So I can't even pick a number five. The other four are pretty much set in stone. I was surprised you didn't guess Alexis on Fire right away for me. I wasn't, I don't know why I wasn't thinking about them. But then when I remembered them, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. My top two. Yeah. 100%. The used number one is the used. Fire. 
for sure number one spot is the used always used. alexis on fire alexis on fire fallout boy blink 182 or blink 182 i might fallout even boy. say blink 182 before fallout then boy. fallout boy interesting wow it really depends woot woot they're always there you know yeah a revolving door for five though five is always a tough spot to be in we mm-hmm. have our mount rushmores mm-hmm. but that fifth spot outside the mount rushmore is always tough uh, uh lucas is stealing money for his hcm meds hang on that's where we're at right now no bro. we're not yeah we just no, talked about f- fucking oh we just yeah talked about follow boy the batman kiss so Haley go sees nathan in his batman costume or you know or is it or is it even nathan because he could have left and i don't know there's this mystery person that nathan's gonna meet up with after this party or whatever at this point it's nathan okay apparently and he kisses Haley. But then doesn't say a fucking word to her. So you don't know if it was actually Nathan or not. And then he just leaves. Yes. Does. It's gone. Like Batman. Poof. Bruce Wayne. Out of there. But she's looking around like. She's like, is this like a movie? Oh, oh my, my gosh. It's so sweet. And then, yes, Lucas is Lucas, stealing money for his HCM meds. Lucas goes to visit Haley at the apartment. And she's like, oh, my God, Nathan kissed me. And they're having this chat about it. And then she's like, by the way, I totally covered for you tonight. I saw you steal money out of the till. What the fuck is going on? And he says, like, I got to tell you something. Haley, I got to tell you something. Sit down. I have a heart condition. I have HCM. And then Haley, like when Brooke comes home, Haley says to him, like, yeah be careful his heart is way more fragile than you think yeah it's a little fragile so you better be nice to it yeah and also ellie and peyton tend to have their first heart-to-heart conversation and ellie swears because peyton's getting like she's like no i have to have something from like the mom that raised me like something must have come from her and ellie says to her your art that's all you and your like adoptive mom like i can't draw like stick figures to save my life doesn't say that though no but still she, she says she can't that. she says she's not an artist not an artist yeah yes but she is <laughs> Yeah, at the end, we find out that that was a lie and turns out, yes, she is an artist because she draws Peyton as the angel of death. Yes, that's right. Do you think Peyton's ever going to see that drawing? Uh, Possibly. Possibly. Maybe, I don't know. We also find out that Nate enlists who? Chris Keller. Oh, man. Bieber fucking fever over here. Bieber he Keller. literally looked like Justin Bieber. <laughs> um, early Justin Bieber, too. And yeah, like he's like, hey, you need to help Haley with her music. She's yeah. been struggling. She's got like writer's block. Yeah, she just she's not doing well with it. And you need to help her because it's important to her. And Chris Keller goes back to his apartment or wherever the fuck he's staying. And laying on the couch a batman is a batman costume and chris making this smirking little face so it was chris who swooped in and got the kiss possibly or 
Nathan changed the costume there or something. I don't know. Who fucking knows? (laughs) And Uh, then probably your favorite part. uh, Not as good as the taser, but almost equally as good. Second favorite part. Second favorite part of the episode for sure. Uh, uh, Dan's on the couch and he calls Deb on the phone on her bedside table and she answers and he's like hey I wish we could work it out I really do love you we really loved each other at one point she's like what the fuck are you doing Dan what bullshit are you trying to pull well uh, you'll figure it out in a couple minutes when I'm you, waiting for the glue to set I'm waiting for the glue to set and she's like what <laughs> <laughs> trying to rip the phone away from her face. A contact cement on the fucking phone. She's trying to rip the phone Super away. Super glued. Yeah. And to add insult to injury, he's got a fucking air horn and blares it into the phone oh while it's stuck God. to her ear. <laughs> Talk about one-upping Deb here. Like, hey, if she's playing hardball, she wants to play games, two can play that game, and Dan is the master of mind games. No, not Shawn Michaels versus Mankind mind games September 96. We're talking about Dan's mind games <laughs> over Deb, and he is the master and the ruler of the world at that. Oh, my God. Amalgamate, brother. Uh, dollar sign four. 4.00. Just straight up four. Straight up four. Good episode. Enjoyed it. Yeah. But I don't know if I enjoyed it as much as the September 7th, 1997 pay-per-view. No, not PLE as it's fucking called now. Premium live event because you don't pay for the view. But back when we paid for views, you pay per view. And that's what this is from Louisville, Kentucky. It is ground zero and not the metal gear solid game the wwf pay-per-view from september 1997 when my aunt moved to kentucky she moved to louisville louisville well it's one of the biggest cities in in Mm -hmm. kentucky right it's one of the one of the hubs out there i would assume i've never been to kentucky myself but uh, it's always one. But of those. now she lives in North Carolina. Yeah, actually, no, she lives in South Carolina. But her husband, who sadly passed away um, two years ago, almost he worked in North Carolina. Tree Hill is, is in North Carolina. Yeah. yeah, but he worked like closer to kind of where. Tree Hill is technically located. You like, mean the fake town yeah. of Tree Hill? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, you just got to look. Uh, you just got to Google towns in North Carolina with 47 population. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. There it is. Put another, one on, put another one on the counter, brother. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to open it up with a fucking banger right off the hop. One of the most important matches on the card Gets the fucking number one match. First one's out. Jerk that curtain. It's fucking gold dust. Chicken nuggy. Golden chicken nuggy up against your boy. My boy. BP. Awesome pizza. Brian the Loose Cannon Pillman. And it's the indecent proposal match. What is the stipulation of this match here, babe? <sighs> if Boston Pizza loses, he's out of the WWF. Forever. Forever. Forever, forever. Like, bye, bitch. Um, not bye, bitch, like this is the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah. but, bye, bitch, you know. like no more BP. But if he wins, 
he gets Marlena for 30 days. As his personal assistant, whatever that might entail. Meaning she cannot see her daughter. She has to be with him for 30 days straight, 24-7. Yeah. He has literally got her on a leash for fucking 30 straight days if he wins this match. Although he comes out and he's not wearing a fucking dress. Yeah, I was pissed about that. But then we realized that that's for only Monday Night Raw. It's a Monday Night Raw stipulation. So he had to win a match on Monday Night Raw uh, in order to drop the dress. But technically, this is a PPV. It is not an RAW. So he is dressless in this match. I was really disappointed about that. Yes. I wanted to see the dress. I know you did, but he's not wearing it tonight. Although, maybe he'll wear it on the... Technically, he has to. He hasn't won on If Raw he has yet. a match, though. He hasn't had... He might be too busy in the uh, hotel room with Oh, Marlena. my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We might be getting some... Uh, maybe some uh, triple X files from fucking Brian Pillman and Marlena. Who knows? Uh, uh, that would be technically considered rape because obviously she's not into that shit with him. But she used to be. Not at this time, though. In shoot terms, she used to be. And apparently Dustin got Marlena on the rebound after Brian Pillman. I don't know how true that is. But uh, Jerry the King Lawler thinks it's true, so it must be true. Yeah, but he's a <laughs> fucking idiot. Let's be real. The crowd's super into this fucking match, too, though. Like, they really want to see Goldust get this dub here. Um... And yeah, Marlita's going to be separated from her daughter for 30 days? Like, no, you're not allowed to see your fucking daughter. You're not allowed to see your husband. That's it. You're only with Brian Pillman for the next month. And of course, Goldust, he hits the curtain call. But of course, an arm goes astray. Barely, Feather touches the referee, and he's down for an eternity. <laughs> as per yeah usage. like fuck these how, refs are so fucking weak how many ref bumps did we get in this pay-per-view i swear by the end of it there were no refs i swear there was every fucking match had a ref bump almost yeah like there was no refs left in the company at the end of the show there was no one to count a three there was no one to do a 10 count there's no one to check a submission there's no one to do a five count there's no one there's no law and order <laughs> whatsoever by the end of the show and this is the first ref bump of the show with uh, the feather touch and uh, the curtain call for the eight count because he would have had Pillman signed sealed and delivered but the ref was out once Mm -hmm. again of course so Marlena makes her presence known and she tries to nail Brian Pillman with the purse what's in the purse it's a A brick it's a fucking brick it's a loaded purse and unfortunately for Marlena Pillman rips it away from her and he fucking decks Goldust with the loaded brick purse. Mm -hmm. And he tosses it so the ref doesn't see. And again, the slowest fucking three count. One. Oh, my arm hurt. Two. (laughs) Three. Game over. Science heal delivered. 
Brian Pillman now owns a human for 30 days. And he's literally <laughs> dragging her off. She's fighting like so hard. And I just was it's like. Very rapey. It's so fucking it's rapey. It made me actually rapey. very uncomfortable. I know. Like, I know I do understand there's a contract here that they have signed that says this is what happens if Brian Pillman wins. So, yes, there is a contractual obligation. But the way he goes about it is, is quite rapey. Yeah, it made me so uncomfortable. It's pretty bad. And honestly, it just gets worse. Oh, no. And yeah, not only that, like he rips her away. I mean, I thought he was going to like pick her up and like put him, put her over his shoulder and like run out with her, which would have been way worse. But he was just kind of like, you know, pushing her and say, hey, come on, come with me. No, he was dragging, dragging her. her out there. But then they, the, the cameras follow. And they get out and he puts her in the car, like tosses her in the car mm-hmm. in a Lincoln town car, no less. And she's like in the back seat, like pounding on the back windshield saying, get me the fuck out of here as Goldust like, is running after them. Chasing them. And he takes off and away we go. He literally kidnaps Ugh. Goldust's wife on paper. It was so gross <laughs> to me. Brutal, dude. But you got to remember, Cafe brother. This is like, think of it as One Tree Hill. They fucking scripted this. They showed it to you. This is actors doing their thing. Mm-hmm. It's not real. I know. I know. But. But you always tell me. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> I'm just, it's just so gross. Treat it like a television show. It's just gross. See, that's the thing. If like something like that happened on, you know, well, say for example, when Peyton got the date rape drug and shit, you know, that's pretty disgusting shit that happened. But y'all know it's fucking kayfabe, brother. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, it's it's a little harder to suspend your disbelief with wrestling because they push it out as like this legitimate. The way you said that, say that though, for anyone that's listening to this as a One Tree Hill fan, they don't know what that means kayfabe yeah yeah it means like it's it's predetermined it's written it's actors acting a part in a television show it's Mm -hmm. it's kayfabe brother kayfabe dude that's Uh, not terms we use normally well we use it now bro kayfabe brother you can use it as well Eh. it's better than saying fake because it's not fake predetermined brother kayfabe dude uh <laughs> we got the next match which you picked gold dust to win that match by I the know. way and nope he gets his wife ripped away from him but you know who gets his knee ripped away from him is scott fucking oh Putsky. that looked so bad <laughs> in this next match against fucking uh, the sexiest fucking man alive <laughs> don't you fucking dare sorry uh, the sexiest man alive. <laughs> Eyes that kill. Bro. That was so triggering to me. <laughs> you know, I don't do it every time Brian Christopher comes out, but like occasionally I'll just like. She's... Look at her face. Pawsborn, you're hilarious. Uh, I don't whip out the Brian Christopher like cackle every time he comes out, but I definitely just like toss it in like periodically just to remind yeah, you. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. I don't need you to remind me of that because i already know <laughs> you might like him one day no you might like him one day no <laughs> but yeah scott putsky his knee absolutely is destroyed oh. in this match and and the thing is about putsky dude's a hunk man like mm-hmm. he's got the fabio look going on he's fucking jacked swollen ripped 
<laughs> like, dude's a fucking mass. How's this guy under 215 pounds? <laughs> oh, wait, he's not. How the fuck could this guy possibly be under 215 pounds? His legs weigh 215 pounds. <laughs> That's the thing. He's not a light heavy. Muscle weighs more like yes. weighs more than, than fat. And it it just has a ton of weight to it. And you can see his fucking muscles. He's way bigger than fucking Pervy Prince. Oh yeah. And if Pervy Prince is only like 210, 215, how the fuck is this guy the same weight? And he's taller too. Yeah. Right? And that hair's gotta equate for some fucking weight too. He's got long hair. That muscle, though. Yeah, dude. But unfortunately, he tears his knee right off the fucking socket. And you probably won't ever see him again. No. <laughs> He's not a light heavyweight, and he also doesn't even have a knee anymore. <laughs> so gross. Yeah. So gross. Yeah, so basically, he gets tossed to the outside, and then uh, Brian Christopher does a plancha to the outside, and he catches him. But his knee goes way the wrong way, like way the yeah, fucking wrong Yeah, that was not way. right. And he ends up losing by count out. And uh, he just kind of sits there like a dick for five minutes before paramedics actually come out and help him out. And uh, King and Perfect King and Perfect Prince are both out making fun of him during Assholes. his injury because they're dicks. And they got to bring out the stretcher and everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, his career. See you later, bro. There's other people that have knee injuries. Yeah, but uh, this guy, though, I mean, what has he had, like, three matches so far? And he's lost, like, most of them. He's better than Pervy Prince. Yeah, but he's got no charisma. At least Pervy Prince can cut a promo. Ugh, no. This guy doesn't get any mic time. They refer to him as Ivan Putsky's son. (laughs) He's not Scott Putsky. He's Ivan Putsky's son. That tells you everything you need to know right there. So not only does he not have a knee, he doesn't have a career anymore either. Uh, although three guys who do have careers, at least for a little while, uh, maybe for a little while, uh, Savio Vega versus... Red shirt, backstreet boy. Versus Crush. PP touch boy. And face tat. Versus... Head nation, bitch. Fuck you. (laughs) We are the nation of domination. Oh, yes, we are the nation live and in color. Don't no. Matter, but mother. Listen, what I'm playing is for real. Not Shut playing. the fuck up. Fruit is a man. He needs to start praying. Uh, oh, oh, my first question is where the fuck is Rocky? I don't want to talk about Where's it. Where's Rocky, my view? I don't want to talk about it. No, the thing is, it's just like Farouk's out here. We don't want to see Farouk. We want to see Rock. Where the fuck is Rock? Whenever every other nation member is on screen, every one of them should be saying, where's Rocky? (laughs) (laughs) That's the only thing they should be saying. Where's Rocky? (laughs) (laughs) He's not here yet. Anyways. Uh, And this match was an absolute fucking dumpster fire. Uh, it was so long. It was so skippable. It was so long. It was so boring. I think we just talked about, uh, you know, finances and stuff during the entire match. Finances? <laughs> we talked about our, our portfolio and our 401k. And we don't have 401ks because we're not American gutless hyenas. Oh, my God. And, uh, yeah, we just talked about life. And uh, this match went on in the background. 
because they botched spinning neck breakers and Farouk went to the top rope for some fucking reason. And then Vince said something idiotic like, oh, maybe Farouk will join the... Ne- maybe Farouk will join the Disciples of Apocalypse. Yeah, because the leader of like... <laughs> the leader of the Black Power Movement is going to join a white biker gang. Does that make sense, dude? Gang of pee-pee touch boys. Pee-pee touch boys. Pee-pee touch. <laughs> uh, how many times did we want them to just end this fucking match? So like, many please, times. Please. I didn't even want this match to start oh, so to bad. begin with. <laughs> so fucking bad. Why? Uh, like these... I just why does there have to be so many groups? Uh, the right games, now? man. The Bariquas and the fucking DOA and the Nation and the Heart Foundation and now Triple H and Shawn Michaels and China Rick Ruder group now too. Although that's a better group than all the others, but still, I just yeah, gang rules, man. It just doesn't work. It's like why why get out one of these guys when you can get four each on each team? For, for a common cause. No one fucking cares. It's just so stupid. Like, shut the fuck up. Yep. Go away. Savio ends up winning with a spin kick. It was lame. It was fucking gross. Game over. Uh, okay, so I got some... Uh, I got a uh, story time here with Adam Cole, baby. Um, this next match, where we had the minis. El Torito versus Max Mini. Which, I put midget versus smaller midget. Wow. That's, yeah, wow. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Visit wrestling, brother. Figure it out, dude. Uh, wow. What? You're gumming up the works here with your chair there, brother. It's just like it was fine, and now all of a sudden it's rubbing against the table. Be closer to your mic there, dude. Just I know. Push it closer to yourself. But I'm like rubbing against the thingy. So sorry, a little bit of testicle difficulties there. Testies, testies, one, two, three. You're weird. Triple H, brother. Uh, so we got El Torito versus Max Mini. And the reason why I have story time with Adam Cole, baby, on this fucking match is because this is exactly right up your alley. Because now it does not, this story does not involve these two wrestlers, but it does involve another mini, so-called mini wrestler. And we will get introduced to him soon enough in just kind of a throwaway mini match. And his name is Tarantula, is another Mexican mini wrestler. Okay. We got some murder mystery shit here, dude. What? Murder fucking mystery shit here, dude. Yeah, now I pique your interest now, dude. (laughs) We got some fucking murder mystery here on Tree Hill Wrestling Federation podcast. You better fucking comment on your fucking Bailey Syrian YouTube video because we got some fucking Mexican mini murder mystery. That's the quadruple M. The Mexican mini murder mystery, brother. Add a fifth and then it's murder mystery makeup. Uh, Max mini Mexican mini murder mystery makeup, dude. (laughs) (laughs) You want to hear my murder mystery about Tarantula, the mini wrestler? Just go for it. Okay. (laughs) Tarantula who will be on a later show uh, as a mini wrestler. And him and his brother were in Mexico one day. And uh, they were approached by a couple of sex workers, okay, in a bar. Mm -hmm. So they're at a bar, just hanging out, having a few drinks, Tarantula and his brother. 
and they get approached by these sex workers. So it's like, sure, whatever, we'll come back with you. So they go to the hotel room. Now these ain't any fucking sex workers. This is where the murder mystery comes in. Uh, these sex workers, basically what they do, and Chris Jericho actually wrote about this in his book because it happened to him. And what happened to Chris Jericho in Mexico is he was approached by a sex worker, and she ended up drugging him and robbing him and doing all the shit. But the problem <laughs> is these same sex workers, I don't know the same ones Chris Jericho, probably different ones, but anyways, these two sex workers go after tarantula and his brother who are both minis right you know little people okay and they do the same thing they drug their fucking drinks but unfortunately they gave them too much because they gave them enough drugs for a regular size person Mm. these guys are little people damn so they gave them too much and not they just went to sleep and they never fucking woke up well, fuck. Yeah, dude. We got some murder mystery with Mexican minis here on Tree Hill Wrestling Federation. Yep. Pretty crazy shit. And how fucking tragic is that? It's like you're trying to drug this person just so you can like rob them. But oh, wow, they're they're a little person. You gave them too much. Now you killed them. Fuck. Yeah, dude. Fucked up. Luckily, El Torito and Max Mini weren't either of the people that were drugged or hopefully nothing bad ever happened to them. But uh, what about this Max Mini? It's like fucking three feet tall. He was <laughs> four like feet tall. so tiny because the one guy was already small enough. But then this smaller guy comes out. He was like, they were saying 87 pounds. 87 pounds. Yeah. What the fuck? Or whatever. Like the, and they push him as like the smallest like athlete in the world. Like look like a fucking kindergarten student. He literally like Flynn is probably gonna be as tall like Suit. as tall as him in like <laughs> probably the next year. <laughs> but due to his flip flop flying around, suicide dives, head head scissor takeovers, fucking sunset flips, fucking you name it, alma plancha, 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 plancha. What and the fuck it's does like, that mean? Holy fuck, dude! Just dives out out of the ring and shit. And, of course, the best thing is he runs around the ring and goes and sits on Jerry the King Lawler's <laughs> lap and takes his crown as well. Good. That was pretty great. And then, you know, Lawler had to take everything in his power not to sock this little guy. Uh, but I love the whole time Jim Ross is like, hey, King, is it is a reminder when Brian was a baby? <laughs> <laughs> I love how they keep pushing this whole Brian Christopher is Jerry the King Lawler, which he is. But I don't know why Jerry keeps denying it. Like, And know. every time he's out there, he's, he's with like with him. So and why are you denying fuck. it? I don't get it. Are you, sh- are you ashamed, King? Apparently. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jerry the King Waller has his line of the night where Max Mini uses his socks for a sleeping bag. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, he gets a sunset flim- uh, flip win and Max Mini with the Uno Dos Tres in this Mexican mini murder mystery match. Mm-hmm. So it's all right. Nice little reprieve from the action. That's that's kind of like a throw-in match where you're just like, oh, it's not so bad. You know, it's like kind of fun. You know, it's like interesting. Two guys that we haven't really ever seen before, but it's like more interesting than fucking Savio versus Crush versus Farouk. Yeah, that's you know? true. I'd much rather watch this. Now we have... The hardest segment to watch of the show. Hardest meaning heartbreaking because Sergeant Slaughter is forcing 
Stone Cold Steve Austin. Glass breaks. Stone Cold Steve Austin is here, and he's got to forfeit the tag titles. Rude. As per Sergeant Slaughter. So not only have they stripped him of the tag titles, they've suspended him so he cannot wrestle at all. He wants to, but he's got a broken freaking neck. He can't wrestle, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't want to take doctor's orders. He just wants to go out there and whip some fucking ass. Yeah. But they're not letting him. And yeah, I agree. They probably shouldn't let him fucking wrestle. (laughs) But at the same point, Austin doesn't listen to fucking authority too well. Nope. (laughs) And uh, dude loves out first. And he says, with a heavy heart and a pained pancreas. (laughs) That was the most random line ever. (laughs) That fucking Mick Foley's a fucking pot of gold, man. This guy's great. Uh, with a heavy heart and a pain pancreas, uh, he has to give up his belt. But then Stone Cold, Stone Cold is out, and uh, you said he was pretty pissed. I mean, he's pissed every single night he comes out, but he seems extra pissed. Here. Extra pissed. <laughs> and right away, Jim Ross tries to start talking some bullshit to Austin. <laughs> Austin rips the mic. Pull out your ass, Jim Ross. <laughs> right away, he's just like. He's looking at Vince too. You like the all the allusions to Vince running this company now. Before it was just he's just this fucking commentator. That's all he does. Now all these wrestlers like Shawn Michaels and fucking Stone Cold and Brett all call out Vince. Everybody knows now that Vince runs the show. Yeah. He's the guy. He's the chairman. He's the owner. He's the everything. He's the reason why this fucking company is where it's at right now. And Austin has no problem calling him out for that and saying he'll stomp Vince's ass and walk it dry as well. Too. <laughs> he'll stomp a mud hole in your ass. He'll do it. And so he says to fucking Slaughter, he's like, you like to say everything. That's an order. And that's an order. Uh, the only thing you've been ordering is a bunch of damn cheeseburgers. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> The chin, man. He's not liking these jokes too much. And then he even tells him to drop down and give him 20. So he throws the belt down. He doesn't want to give him the belt, but he throws the belt down at his feet, pick it up and drop and give me 20, son. And uh, yeah, he's not uh, too keen on slaughter here. And Jim Ross tries to, you know, plead with Austin. We don't want to have to do. Sorry. We don't want to have to do this. Stout cold. But it's for your own health and well-being. It's for your welfare. And Austin's like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yes. Stunner. (laughs) (laughs) So now he is given a Stone Cold Stunner to an official of the WWF. Not just a wrestler, but now to a commentator, an official. The head of talent relations Mm. in WWF. He's given a Stunner. Who's on the chopping block for the next Stunner? Who knows? Slaughter? Who knows? Jerry the King Lawler? I hope so. Vince McMahon? Maybe. I think could so. see it. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Who knows? But it should be Pervy King. Pervy King? Yeah, maybe. We'll see. We shall see. But uh, yeah, no, that's one official down. So who's next and not Goldberg? Uh, but yeah, Austin's none too happy about giving up this belt, but he does. He understands he has to. And I love how uh, post this segment, which was one of the best segments on the show. And Austin is so fucking over, dude. Yeah. That's unreal how popular he is now. And you'll see it in this next match. 
Owen is obviously pissed about Austin beating down helpless commentators, giving them stunners. Oh my God. He's like, me and Jim Ross, we break bread together. We're good friends. It pisses me off that you would take out a helpless commentator. He should be fined. He should be suspended. He should be jailed. He should be in jail right now for giving the Stone Cold Stunner to Jim Ross. Oh my God. <laughs> should be in jail. Go to jail, you son of a bitch. Should be in jail, man, as per Owen Hart. But then we got ourselves another gold TikTok video oh that we're going to make. God. Please regale us, babe. Fuck. <laughs> what was the line? So Tassel Boots. Now I know Jim Ross is from Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> that was the funniest thing. He just does this little like creepy grin and <laughs> and oh my god we rewound that how many times oh fuck that was the best i know jim ross is from oklahoma <laughs> like, what the fuck why are we laughing about oklahoma i mean yeah but like still dude like Bulldog is the most unintentionally funny wrestler there is. Like, he's not trying to be funny, but man, is it a, same with his, like, you know, I'm Bizarre from the Royal Rumble, right? It's just like, he's not, yeah, trying, that was to, hilarious. He's not trying to be funny, but he's like, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble because I'm Bizarre. That was the funniest like, Why? Thing. But it's hilarious, dude. God, uh. unintentionally funny Bulldog promos. Ah, oh, you got to love it. <laughs> TikTok brother so that brings us to our next match and is the fatal four way tag team title elimination match with headbangers yeah hardcore fucks took over for for uh, Austin and dude yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah we got uh, hardcore fucks got headbangers we got the good old Godwins Ugh, gross the fucking uh, hillbilly fucks we got mm-hmm. Owen and Bulldog, and we have Spiky Dino Spiky Bros. Spiky Dino Bros, the LOD. And uh, Unhinged Hawk has another unhinged promo. You can barely understand what he said. It's the thing, yeah. I, I, I don't really remember what he said, and I couldn't really understand what he said, but it. Well! And then he just goes on his unhinged mm-hmm. self. Uh, I love how now Owen and Bulldog have great strategy in this match because they literally let all the other guys fight for most of the match until they actually have to be put in there. Yeah. Pretty solid strategy. Uh, I love Owen's chicken gestures on the apron. (laughs) (laughs) Flapping his arms like a chicken. Uh, I mean, it seems like... Tassel boots flexing. Tassel boots uh, flexing, yes. And, uh, yeah, the chicken gestures are hilarious because he's the one that's not coming into the match and wrestling at all <laughs> until he has to. Uh, now, I did have an interesting thought about this match. So I know it is an elimination match. But say this is a one fall to a finish match. So basically the first person to get a pin wins it for their team, and that's it. Now, if you're in a four corners elimination tag match or, or uh, one fall to finish tag match, uh, you, you're able to tag in whoever you want. So say, like, Owen and Thrasher start. Thrasher could, or Owen could tag in Mosh, and Owen or uh, Mosh and Thrasher would have to fight each other, mm-hmm. right? So couldn't they just fucking pin each other and win the match? I guess so. But they would technically lose the I match? I don't know. Well. You're the wrestling expert. I don't know. 
don't know if that ever came up. I think it might have, but I don't remember. <laughs> but uh, interesting uh, train of thought that went through my head. Uh, poor LOD. They're not the brightest team. They get the slot buckets. And yeah, maybe if they only hit uh, Godwins once or twice with a slot bucket, they might not have gotten disqualified. But they proceeded to hit the Godwins about 35 times with the slot bucket mm-hmm. and got themselves disqualified. So mm-hmm. uh, again, love the LOD, love those spiky dino bros, but not exactly the smartest dudes in the room. And, uh, you know, when you're getting the one over from the Godwins, you're definitely not too smart at all. Um, <laughs> but the headbangers end up eliminating the Godwins, and now it's down to the hardcore fucks, headbangers, and fucking Owen and Bully. And they've got the energy. They're just going to pick the fucking bones because they've barely been in this match at all. Yeah, true. You know, they're going at it. And then fucking what happens? We get another fucking ref bump, of course, or ref distraction. Mm-hmm. But what does it lead to? Owen's got fucking Mosh in the fucking sharpshooter. And we get the loudest fucking ovation of the night. <laughs> what did you think happened there? It's like all of a sudden the crowd just fucking explodes in the middle of this fucking sharpshooter. Who could it be? Ultimate Warrior? Hulk Hogan? Macho Man Randy Savage? Rick Flair, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, yeah, right. The most popular wrestler in the world. Makes sense. <laughs> uh, he comes out to a fucking massive pop. This pop wasn't for fucking uh, Mosh and Thrasher winning the fucking tag titles. This pop was for... Uh, Headbanger stole Austin's pop and won the tag titles because Austin comes out, books it down on the ring for a guy who has a broken neck, yeah. And comes in and gives the Stone Cold Stunner to Owen. It's not like he had a broken leg. That's true. Fair enough. But he's moving pretty good for a guy who's got a fucking, uh, you know, compressed vertebrae. Yeah. But uh, I digress. But yeah, I guess the stunner on Owen, a little bit of payback for uh, breaking his neck. Because Austin in his promo earlier said, you keep showing this fucking neck break over and over and over and over again. Yeah. How many fucking times a show do we have to watch him get his neck broke? Yeah. That's Vince's call, dude. He's pissed. But Headbangers win the fucking tag titles. Mm-hmm. And they go celebrate at the fucking uh, hot dog stand and just pass, pass out hot dogs. <laughs> that was <people>. hilarious. <laughs> that was quite funny. They go to the Such a stand. metal thing to do. It really is. But hot dogs! Thing. Yeah, hot dogs for everyone! <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe they swallowed their tongue rings. Who knows? Uh... <laughs> And we have the semi-main event of the night. You were hoping that Brett wasn't on this card, but he definitely is. Yeah, I was like, yay, we don't have... Oh, wait. Oh, wait. He's defending the world title against the fucking Patriot Delwell. Which, honestly, skippable. I don't know. It wasn't bad. It was okay, actually. I think Brett carried Patriot to a half-decent match here. There was definitely some intrigue later on in the match. Um, what with uh, Bulldog coming out and stuff and Invader and everything too. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, Patriot, you know, bless his fucking heart, but he has no charisma. No. <laughs> he's charismaless. You know, the way he talks, he's just like so monotone. He's just kind of boring. He's not that good in the ring. He's got a good look. He's got a rockin' bod. He's not quite putzky, but he's, he's pretty good, mm-hmm. you know. So he's a pretty jacked dude. But, uh, yeah, no, he's no... Uh, I just wanted no this one to hurry up so that we could get... That we get to the main event. Yeah. Yeah. And and funnily enough, now this is the fucking bone that Bret Hart has to pick here with the WWF. Again, because he's getting screwed! Oh, fuck off, Bret. 
<laughs> is that he is the world champion. Shouldn't the world champion who's defending his world title, much like SummerSlam, shouldn't that be in the main event? Boo-hoo. Go fuck yourself, Brett. <laughs> Man, you really love Brett. Fuck. Uh, so, yeah, I see his bone pick here. But uh, interestingly enough, uh, he is not the main event. Uh, <laughs> Brett Hart is defending his world title. Because you've had enough. Shut, like, shut the fuck up. Go away. No one cares about you right now. And he's the semi-main. Interesting, interesting no one turn cares. of events. Uh, we all knew Brett was going to crush him, though. There was no chance Patriot was going to fucking win this match. And uh, now that JR, he got the fucking uh, Stone Cold Stunner earlier, so he's not on commentary. And it shows, because it's only Vince and uh, King out there now. The no good JR commentary, unfortunately. Uh, we get lots of uh, British Bulldog ass shots in this match. Which yes, I'm we sure do. you're very happy about. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. But Brett gets thrown into Bulldog, knocks him off the top rope right into the Uncle Slam, which wins the award for the best pun for a finishing maneuver in wrestling history. Literally a patriotic character with a finishing move called the Uncle Slam. (laughs) Vader comes in again, uh, and he starts beating on Brett, which how is that not a DQ? That's a fucking disqualification if I ever saw it. (laughs) But whatever. The referee just doesn't seem to care very much. Maybe they're just as pissed off with Brett as I am. Brett's getting screwed! Who cares? Not me. And we get another Uncle Slam and another ref bump, which is ref bump 712 of this event. And uh, Brett gets the foot on the rope. So Patriot somehow gets the sharpshooter on Brett. But then, you know... It's Brett's move. Of course he knows the counter. Of course he knows the, the reversal to this finisher and puts Patriot into the sharpshooter and wins the match. Because we, we all knew he was going to crush the Patriot. Come on. Del Wilkes doesn't Boo. stand a fucking chance, dude. And retaining his World Wrestling Federation Boo. Championship, Brett the Hitman Hart, the best there is. Bitch Hart. The best there was. And the best there ever will be. And you know it. And then he chokes out uh, Patriot with the American flag post-match, which I love. It's great. Choke him. Choke him out with the American flag. Make him eat it. Eat it. Patriot. Okay, we're here. Finally. Main event. The real main event. Oh, boy. Finally. Shawn Michaels. The heartbreak kid. Prom king. Prom king himself, who cost The Undertaker the World Wrestling Fairish title at SummerSlam, erroneously hitting him with a steel chair. And then the fans turn on Shawn Michaels and make him heal. And he's saying he's going to beat the dead man's ass. And I don't know how true that is. But he says he's going to do it. And Shawn and Michaels. smashes his face. Yeah, with that chair shot. Oh, my God. And the blood went flying. But you believe that these guys have been in the company uh, 10 and 7 years, respectively, mm-hmm. and have not had a single fucking one-on-one match together. I have a kitty on me. Yes, you do. She's so cute. She is. Back at the ranch here, brother. 
Yes. First time ever these two are in a one-on-one contest against you, against one another. Against you? Against one another. Yeah. Yes. I know what you mean, but you said against you. And you had Taker in this match. Yeah, I did. Well, you were wrong. But if you had Shawn Michaels, you'd be wrong too. Yeah. <laughs> Shawn Michaels' pre-match promo saying he hasn't slept a wink in 13 years. <laughs> <laughs> Which I tend to believe because he's so fucking. I could never. If I don't get like. Even today I was struggling all day. I got almost seven hours of sleep. I was like five minutes short of seven hours. And I was dying today. Yep. Where are you going? He's all fucking gassed up. Just fucking tits up. Coked out. Ready to go. He's insane. He's bad, Sean. That's what this shot is. He's bad, Sean. And he does. You're his... bad, Sean. Shush. I'm not bad, Sean anymore. We've gone over this before. You're still bad. Not. Yes, you are. No. Uh, bad, Sean here. Not me, but Sean Michaels. Uh, gets his fireworks where he does his little posy and his little fireworks. They fucked up. And they fucked up the fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> They're a little late on it. And they were so late that Sean realized. And then he fucking gave the little jerk off signal <laughs> to the fucking <laughs> fireworks guys, <laughs> the pyro dudes. So this new attitude of Shawn Michaels, man, he, he's not putting up with any shit. And he's like really starting to go fucking sophomoric with this humor here. All toilet humor and fucking jerk off this and dick that and suck it and you name it. And even Triple H is pulling out to suck it too. So we get yet another fucking ref bump. So right away when The Undertaker gets in the ring, he just punches out the ref. Yep. (laughs) He just fucking knocks him out right away. Well, there's there's no ref for this match now. He doesn't want a ref to get in the way of him beating the shit out of Sean. That's the thing. And Sean's running fucking scared here. And he tries to run out of the match because it never started. Because there's mm-hmm. no referee to ring the fucking bell. But then Slaughter's there and intervenes and makes sure he does fucking enter this match. But then as he's coming back to the ring, fucking Undertaker picks up the ref, throws him at Shawn Michaels. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> he literally throws Kyoto like a human dart. And uh, yeah, holy shit. So he's crawling away. He's trying to crawl through the fucking door of the set. And I'm thinking this could be one of the last times we see the in your house set with the door and the window and shit. Because hmm. uh, in your houses are on borrowed time. They're just going to name them, which honestly, they don't really need to call them in your house anymore. We know it's in our house. You don't have to remind us every month. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Number three. Fuck bro. off. <laughs> I catch it. I catch it every time. That's three Why? on the counter, bro. Uh, yeah. Because it's hilarious. But yes, there's no ref because Undertaker literally kills Mike Kyoto at the beginning of the match. So Earl Hebner, who's also taken a ref bump earlier in the night, uh, Shawn Michaels is begging him, help me, help me, don't make me wrestle this match. And then he just rings the bell on him. So <laughs> Undertaker's been fucking pillar to post beating down Shawn Michaels for the entire time. And no, Shawn Michaels match is complete without an ass shot. No. Well, no, we've only really seen his ass out like twice. A few times, a few times. But that's the thing. How many fucking matches has he had in the entire arc that we've watched? That's true. Right? He worked Sid twice. Then he was gone forever. Then he had a match with Stone Cold. He had a tag team title match. Yeah. And then we had this match. 
I swear this guy's worked like five times in the, in nine months. So if he's only had two or three ass shots, that means most of his fucking matches he gets his ass out. Oh my god! Because he barely works. <laughs> he just shows up, says a few things, gets his ass out, and gets paid money, yeah. and lots of it too. And if I had that deal, I'd probably do the same fucking thing. Oh my god! Oh my god! Fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> Pretty soon we'll be the five-time, oh my god, champion of the world. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> I said gosh. Oh, you saved yourself <laughs> there, brother. I saved myself. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's got a price for the oh my god, man. Uh, <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, ref bump. Yep, Another again. Another ref bump. Then there was a ref bump. Mm-hmm. And after that, maybe another ref bump. Something like that. Then another referee came out and he, he took a bump. And then another referee came in to check on that ref who took a bump and in turn took another bump. <laughs> what the fuck? And then more refs came out and took more bumps. Rick Rue comes out with brass knuckles. Rude Boy Rick. Rude Boy Rick was out there, too. And Triple H and China were out there, too. And it seemed like the only chance that Shawn Michaels has of winning this fucking match is if it's a three-on-one fucking beatdown. True. Yep. So we get the fucking chair in there. So finally, the last ref literally working for the company that has not been destroyed by Shawn Michaels or The Undertaker, who is Tim White, uh, he comes in, he just throws the fucking match out. He's like, this is bullshit. I'm done, man. Forget it. Game over. And uh, he gets a fucking bump for his troubles, too. But then Undertaker gets stuck in the fucking ropes, and Triple H and China, they all grab chairs, and they're going to fucking deck Undertaker again with these fucking chairs. But Undertaker, not so fast, kicks the fucking chair back into Shawn Michaels' face, and now every single fucking wrestler in the entire company is out here. Yeah, that was nuts. Including Rocky Maivia in nice loafers and a nice Hawaiian shirt. And nice slacks, too. Uh, everyone's out. Mm-hmm. I saw Brian Christopher get in the ring. I'm like, what the fuck is Brian Christopher out? And then it turned into every single wrestler is in the ring or on the outside. Except for Stone Cold. Except for Stone Cold, because he doesn't want to risk that neck, right? He don't take bumps. He only dishes out stunners, dude. That's all he does. <laughs> but, yeah, literally every fucking wrestler sans Stone Cold is out here trying to break this shit up. And that's what it's going to take fucking 50 guys to try to break these up. And guess what? They still can't keep these guys separated. And Undertaker, for the first time in his career, fucking dives over the top rope, bowling pin spot, and takes out like 20 guys. Yeah, that was including wild. Including Shawn Michaels. That was fucking insane. What did you think of when the six ten and a half dude Free fucking jumps over the top rope like it's nothing. That was nuts. He's like a cat, man. <laughs> He's fucking insane. How much do you love The Undertaker after this, sh- after this shit? He's pretty great. Now, the question is, now we all know this shit ain't over, bro. No, definitely this not. This shit is not fucking over. But if you need a match where they'll have a rematch, face each other again, possibly on pay-per-view... What kind of match could get rid of all the outside interference? I don't know. Cage. But there's there's still people can still climb over the I cage. I don't fucking know. Of course, bro. through the door, bro. 
No, you know what we need? It's a little H-I-A-C. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, well, you'll find out on the next episode of Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Podcast with Sean <laughs> Harris. But mm-hmm. not Aaron Cosker. Why? <laughs> because you forgot to say your name after I said well, mine. Well, you told... That's... No. <laughs> you, you fucked it up. What? You fucked it up. I said on the next episode of Trio Wrestling Federation Podcast with Sean Harris. You fucked it up. That's your name? You fucked it up? <laughs> <laughs> I am Aaron Cosker, but we're like... We still gotta like, you know... So like, what? What's your rating for this uh, pay-per-view? the thing that's what you were missing um, i give it 3.6 not bad not bad pretty good above average because that was like chaotic at the end and it was like so fun yeah that's the thing like you get like you know the stupid gang rules bullshit where they're all brawling all the time it's like that's lame nobody wants to see that shit but when you have basically i guess controlled chaos yes it's chaotic but it's so much fun. The right guys are in there. There's a reason why Undertaker and Shawn Michaels are the main event on top. Because they're the fucking best. They make you believe in yeah, their shit. Yeah, because the Brett shit was boring. It wasn't as good as this, I'll tell you that much. And it, it, this full well deserved to be the main event. And, you know, it was, it was just fun and chaotic. But, like, the mayhem, I was so all for the mayhem. It was great. Mm-hmm. But, uh... They still got another match that are they're gonna face each other again. Don't you worry. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna get crazier. Oh boy. Oh, it's gonna. Get, How could it get crazier? It's gonna get fucking crazier, dude. And you'll find out what type of match it is on the next episode of Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Podcast, brother. Uh, a couple great, uh, great episode of Tree Hill and a pretty good pay per view here too. And this is a pay per view I've only probably watched twice in my life. And going mm-hmm. back to it now, I thoroughly enjoyed everything except for the triple threat match. <laughs> uh, everything else is pretty good. And uh, this, this fucking main event, uh, a lot of people say you know it wasn't that good, but honestly, man, I really enjoyed it. It was fun. It was different. You know, taking out the ref right away, all the chaos at the end. I don't care that it was a double disqualification or a fucking thrown out match. It was just fun, man. And it'll lead into their next match, like a nice little bow on top. Hmm. Yes. At TreeHillWF.podcast on the socials, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Threads, Vine, MySpace, Nexopia, and MSN Messenger. And also listen in on all streaming services, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. What was the first ever uh, streaming service you ever used in your life? Was it Spotify? No, probably Netflix. Really? Yeah. I think Netflix is probably the first one I used, too. I think Netflix was out before Spotify. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it was, but... So... But I, when did you start using Netflix? I have no fucking idea. It's been forever, dude. Yeah. Yeah, because Netflix, like, I didn't start getting, like, into it. I don't think until, like, I want to say, like, maybe 2010, 2011, maybe. Because when did it come out? Uh, it was, like, mid-2000s because it was, like, that fuck. It wasn't a streaming service yet. It was, like, the send away the fucking shit. The DVDs, the yeah. The DVDs and stuff when, like, Blockbuster was still around. When I lived in Harrison. Yeah. I had to use Shaw for my internet Ew, and TV. It gross. was fucking awful. Gross. And by, I would be working normally 3 to 11, 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. 
and every all it felt like every fucking night shaw had scheduled maintenance oh, fuck off. and i couldn't access my internet at that time it's like fucking mcdonald's and their broken fucking ice cream machine yeah <laughs> like, it was bullshit so i'd go home i'd want to watch something like a show or a movie yeah. and i couldn't and it's i'd call them and they'd be like oh sorry scheduled maintenance and i'm like are you fucking kidding me? This is like every night. And it was so frustrating. So the only time that like I could actually watch something on Netflix was on my days off or like if I got up at like whatever time in the morning to that's, watch something before going to work. Bullshit, I fucking hated it. The most time you're going to watch any TV shows is at night. Yeah. yeah. It was so stupid. So fuck Shaw. I have been since I, I even when I moved back to Chilliwack and got a place in Yarrow. Mm-hmm. Are you stuck with Shaw again? No. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I had TELUS, but my TV was satellite. Oh. But here's the thing. I got 40% off. Oh, that's nice. Because I'm an employee of yeah, TELUS. Sure. So it was cheaper than being with Shaw. And I had more consistent internet service. Sure. And yeah, I had satellite TV, but I barely watched cable. The only reason I got the cable, like the satellite TV, was because I could only get the 40% off if I had two services. Ah, gotcha. And then I ended up, my cell phone didn't work properly out there because it was a basement suite in Euro. Ah. Um, So I had a home phone. Wow. In what Mm -hmm. year? 2013 oh my god dude yeah i had a home phone fucking landlines bro for like three years holy shit almost wow god damn because my cell phone would only work like if i sat on one spot in my couch (laughs) (laughs) and did not move a muscle or was outside oh my goodness Wow. Set up a little lawn chair and away you go. Or if I was upstairs, but I wasn't just going upstairs into my landlord's place no, just to use, use my shit. phone. Or the phone and stuff, yeah. Fuck yeah. me, dude. Ugh. I'm so glad we have Pure Fiber these days, bro. Pure Fiber, 5G on our phones. The good shit. It's good shit, bro. The good shit. And I still work for Telus, so I still get my discounts. That's right. It's pretty nice. Pretty sick. I love it. Yep. And we appreciate Telus because uh, they supply that internet that is able to make our podcast a thing and get it out to all of you who like, subscribe, love, care, thumbs up. All the Shaw lovers are going to be like, fuck you guys. (laughs) Fuck Shaw. Uh, They suck. But you know what? Now it's Shawgers. Yes. But I don't discriminate. If you guys are fucking listening on a Shaw Internet connection right now, oh, probably my voice is like skipping every three seconds. But bro, <laughs> even my parents were with Shaw until recently, yeah. and it was so bad. Like it did not work properly, and then they switched. Which the company that they're with now basically uses Shaw lines. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's more consistent wow. and it works better. Wow. It's cheaper too, probably. It is cheaper. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're with Primus. 
But, 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 but too many puppies. Oh, you're talking like Primus, Primus. You're as like why known as Big Brown Beaver, Primus. Because they can't get Telus out there. We've tried. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we've tried. Yeah, Primus. Because um, if they could get Telus out there, they could get my sister's discount because my sister lives there, and she could get the forty percent off for them. Wow. But so Primus. Internet where Jerry was a race car driver. Which you sign up for that at Costco. <laughs> wow, that's hilarious. I know. My name is Mud. Uh, Primus Internet here on Tree Hill Wrestling Federation podcast. Thank you for listening, subscribing, doing all the things. We love you so much. And next episode, we're going to find out holy shit, what match is next for Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. Only on THWF, and I bid you a two. And I say bye, bitch. Ah!